Hello, and welcome to the STLE Compass, brought to you by STLE, the Society of Tribologists and Lubrication Engineers. The STLE Compass is your convenient and reliable resource for building a foundation of knowledge and for keeping up on the latest information and developments in the tribology and lubrication engineering fields. My name is Kara Snigowski, and I'm the Education Manager at STLE. And in today's episode, we'll be looking at turbine oil degradation with the help of Greg Livingstone. Greg is the Chief Marketing Officer at Fluitech International, and he is responsible for Fluitech's marketing and science and technology group. Greg has been involved with lubrication contamination control and condition monitoring for the last two decades. He's a certified lubrication specialist and has held industry leadership roles in several committees, including ASTM's Turbine Oil Analysis and Problem Solving Committee and STLE's Power Generation and Wind Turbine Technical Groups. He has over 40 published papers focused on lubricant condition monitoring and contamination control. And with that introduction, we'll go ahead and get started with today's discussion. So welcome and thanks for joining us today, Greg. Thank you very much. Glad to have you yet again. So first, I want to start off, can you give us a little background on the types of oils that are used in turbines? Yes, of course. So when most people refer to turbine oils, they um, they refer to a rust and os- oxidation inhibited circulating oil um, that are typically used in steam and gas turbines. So typically, we see these are uh, the mineral-based oils that have ISO viscosity grades of 32 or 46. In some cases, in in hydroelectric turbines, we may see a viscosity grade up to uh, 68. Uh, So we've seen a fairly big change in how turbine oils are formulated and manufactured over the last uh, over the last couple decades. So. Traditionally, we um, or a couple decades ago, we would see a, a turbine oil would would typically be made uh, from a Group One base stock, um, and about ninety eight to ninety nine percent of the formulation is a Group One base stock. And uh, however, we've seen in most cases now, uh, turbine oil formula, formulas are using a Group Two base stock, which um, and with uh, combined with more complex antioxidants and, and more complex um, additive systems, and the reason that it's important to uh, to know that for this discussion today is that different oil chemistries and di- or different oil formulations, as they're exposed to thermal mechanical stress and as they de- as they degrade in, in service, they will produce different degradation products and, and um, yield different uh, performance results. So, um, but. That's a quick overview of the uh, uh, types of turbine oils that we see in the market today. Perfect. And uh, jumping off of that, so what would oil degradation be and where or when would it occur? So typically we just refer to oil degradation. It's just a, f- a phenomenon that happens uh, due to thermal and mechanical stress uh, in when the uh, fluid is in service. And that being said, it's not necessarily the only time we see turbine oils degrade. Occasionally we'll see... Um, yeah, degradation due to improper storage or or prolonged storage. Uh, recently, we saw an example of turbine oil that was uh, shipped to a customer in polytotes and then stored outside for a period of time before the this new turbine was commissioned. Well, the UV light, the sunlight, went through the polytotes and actually caused some significant additive depletion and fluid degradation before um, before the fluid was was actually opened and, and used, and uh, therefore had to all be discarded. Um, but in most cases, we refer to oil degradation as something that happens once it goes into service. The one thing to uh, keep in mind um, when a fluid does degrade. There's two. There's uh, two things that we are looking for. There's chemical changes in the fluid, and then there's 
um, physical changes that happen to the fluid. Chemical changes in the fluid uh, are typically the first thing that happens. So it's important to understand this from a condition monitoring perspective. And that's why chemistry is just an important aspect of condition monitoring. However, in many cases, we see chemical changes in the oil don't actually result in any kind of negative performance attribute. Uh, for example, antioxidants are sacrificial, they'll deplete, easy to measure these. However, an oil that doesn't have any antioxidants in it, or only the antioxidant system has been depleted, it's not going to cause any um, system failure, or it's not going to cause any problems. Once the antioxidants deplete, and if you the oil starts to generate deposits and sludge and varnish, then that will directly tie, these physical changes will directly tie to uh, uh, mechanical and, and performance problems that we see in the field. So you mentioned one example uh, of oil degradation that you've seen. Are there other challenges or issues or examples that you've seen in the field um, of oil degradation and how might you have remedied that situation? We see a lot of challenges with oil degradation in, in the field. In most cases, um, the fluid is, uh, the failure mode of the fluid is due to some form of degradation. Certainly with turbine oils it is. And uh, so in gas turbines, it's very common to see um, uh, issues related to varnish and sludge uh, causing fail to start conditions or, or unit trips, um, actually tripping the turbine, the gas turbine offline when, when it's uh, operating. Uh, we also see performance problems with the clogging of small oil orifices. Um, one interesting example that uh, in the gas turbine world that we're seeing a lot more of are hydrogen seal failures. And these, we are starting to see more and more hydrogen seal failures, um, especially with some models of, of gas turbines. They're really costly failures uh, for plants. And traditionally, there hasn't been a, uh, an assumption that it's a varnish-related or oil degradation-related problem. We're starting to see a pretty strong tie to uh, um, oil degradation and some of the hydrogen seal or, or, or gas seal uh, failures that we're seeing in the field now as well. So we look at uh, um, turbine oils that are maybe used in, in compressor applications. Um, we see high bearing, um, high bearing temperatures, much higher bearing temperatures due to deposits and varnish, uh, which can cause premature um, wear to the bearing and and also bearing failures. Um, and we also see premature gear wear as gears get uh, coated with these degradation products and, and deposits. Um, so leading to uh, premature um, gearbox failure. And uh, uh, we have seen an issue with um, heat exchangers being clogged and, and these deposits can act as a very nice insulator and really lower the performance of heat exchangers. And, uh, and if we look at steam turbines, one of the failure modes that we see in steam turbines are, are higher, um, higher bearing temperatures, which is fairly common. But also some of these degradation products may uh, indirectly affect how the steam turbine oil can interact with contaminants such as uh, steam leaks or, or water that can get into the system. One quick example of uh, some of the issues that we have uh, seen in steam turbines that's fairly unique, and uh, I think one of the, uh, the values in really trying to understand uh, why your fluid is failing and the mode of failure is that we've seen in, in some steam turbine systems, there's a, a water chemistry that's in this, or a steam chemistry that's used in the plant, and if there's a steam leak, there is a specific degradation mode that can happen with the steam chemistry as it gets into the oil chemistry, producing a different type of 
deposit. Um, and uh, it's it's interesting to be able to characterize and, and understand what's happening and, and what the, uh, the original mode of failure is, because in this particular case, this degradation chemistry that, that may occur, this, these deposits that may occur from um, uh, steam leaks are not readily available with, mo are detectable with most oil analysis tests. So it's really important to understand not only um, how the fluid is uh, failing and what can be uh, measured in oil analysis tests, but to try to back up and understand why. Perfect. So what are some of the different degradation mechanisms that can occur in turbine oil systems and why might we care? Okay. Well, I'll answer actually the second part of the question first. So why do we actually care why or how the fluid is failing? There's two really important aspects of this. The first is that if you understand the different modes of degradation that the uh, that's uh, impacting the fluid, in many cases, we find that it's actually possible to stop that mode of degradation. And uh, so um, the, the next aspect of this is that you can't actually effectively solve the problem unless you actually know uh, what the problem is and what's causing it. So understanding why the fluid is failing or how it's failing is really, really important. Um, and we'll talk, if we talk a little bit here about condition monitoring as well, you can't uh, set up the right condition monitoring tests unless you know actually how the fluid is failing. So it's, it's, uh, it's very important to understand these different modes of degradation. And uh, so in the case of turbine oils, there's many, many different possible modes of um, degradation, but there's, there's really four that we look at most, uh, most often. Oxidation, thermal degradation, additive depletion, and, uh, and contamination. If we just look at each one of those briefly, oxidation will happen to all oils in service. Um, essentially, it's just the loss of an electron from uh, the, the oil molecule um, or the, uh, the oil atom. And uh, however, the, um, the oxidation will be uh, um, catalyzed and, and sped up with, the, um, with temperature and certain catalysts. So if you have uh, much more oxygen in the environment, oxidation will happen much much quicker. But oxidation is a fairly slow-moving or a slow-acting phenomena that happens with all oils when they're in service. And, and quite honestly, and it, it happens to our human bodies and to ha happens to uh, uh, food if you leave it out in the counter. So oxidation is a very common um, form of, of degradation. A more rapid form of fluid degradation that we see in, in turbine oils is thermal degradation. And thermal degradation essentially is a, uh, a mechanism that happens when you have temperatures maybe in excess of 300 degrees C. And at that point, you're starting to uh, cleave or, or crack that hydrocarbon uh, backbone of the, of the lubricant. And uh, so there's a couple different things that may cause thermal degradation from, um, to occur in, in uh, turbine oil systems. Uh, spark discharge is one. Essentially, the, the accumulation of static electricity is you have uh, molecular friction that's uh, generating, generating static as you have this um, dry, super non-conductive oil flowing through very, very high and high flow rates through small uh, orifices, you can create uh, very powerful sparks that will cause the oil to degrade. Uh, Microdieseling is another 
form of thermal degradation, uh, that uh, it's a high temperature event, where essentially you have the implosion of an air bubble as it transfers from a low pressure zone, say uh, from the uh, reservoir to a high pressure zone, um, say into a pump. And that very, very, um, that pressure uh, will cause that bubble to implode and create a, a localized, very hot spot. And occasionally we'll see uh, a very high temperature zone that's greater than 300 degrees C and that uh, will also thermally degrade the oil. So in the case of turbine oils, occasionally you, if you get a very hot steam leak in, into the, uh, somewhere into the oil, um, that extremely hot steam can cause very quickly some uh, rapid thermal degradation to happen. Um, the, uh, the third form of uh, uh, degradation, additive depletion, um, the primary thing that we're looking at here in turbine oils are antioxidants. The antioxidants are sacrificial in nature and will um, are, are designed to be more uh, reactive than the base oil. So as uh, the fluid degrades and produces these, these free radicals and these different degradation uh, products of uh, antioxidants will are designed to stop this chain reaction and, and stop this oxidative cycle from happening. So antioxidant depletion is another form. And then contamination is another key mechanism or a, a key uh, catalyst for, for the fluid to degrade. And uh, the key con uh, contaminants we see in, in turbine oil applications are air getting into the fluid. Um, water can be a major contaminant and uh, will cause uh, loss of lubricity and, and uh, um, rapid uh, uh, changes in viscosity and, and rapid depletion of, of some antioxidants and other additive components. Um, we also see other contaminants or other liquids that uh, may get into the, um, into the turbine oil that uh, it could result in, in premature degradation. So examples of this may be uh, incompatible formulations um, or maybe preservative oils or vapor space inhibitors that, uh, um, that may not be compatible with the formulation. Um, there may be uh, uh, cleaners that are used in maintenance outages that are also incompatible with the fluid. So all of these different um, aspects will uh, um, are, are, are different modes of degradation that we commonly see in, in turbine oils. Okay. We hear um, a lot about varnish, at least I know I have. So where would this fall in the oil degradation process? Is it part of it? It absolutely is. Taking into account that uh, all of the different modes of degradation that I just referred to will first cause some type of chemistry change to the oil. The physical manifestation of this oil degradation is typically varnish. Um, it's not the only one. Occasionally, we will see um, we'll see other physical attributes of the fluid change. Uh, in some extreme cases, you may see the viscosity start to increase. In most cases, in turbine oils, though, the, the physical manifestation of, of oil degradation is, in fact, varnish. Okay. So what are some remedies for varnish or degradation? So there are many different ways of solving the oil, uh, solving varnish or solving oil degradation. The most important point here, though, is that you can't effectively go about solving the problem unless you really are understanding what's causing it to begin with. So understanding the uh, the mode of degradation is really, really critical. And in many cases, I, I talked about spark discharge or microdieseling. If you identify that that is a, a contributing mode of degradation to your turbine oil, there are proven methods that you can eliminate that and stop that mode altogether from happening. So um, <clears throat> so the first part of this is really understanding 
what is causing the fluid to uh, um, to degrade, and then going after a, a corrective action from that. So one common thing that a lot of people look at is they, they will install a varnish control technology, and we have seen um, we've seen a real evolution of more advanced, very, very uh, high, highly functioning and, and uh, high performing varnish mitigation equipment in the field. And uh, typically these are branched into three general categories. Um, you'll see electrostatic, uh, electrostatic oil cleaners or uh, agglomerators, another technology type or depth media filters. And then a third type would be a chemical filtration. And uh, so those are the three types of degradation mechanisms or uh, the three types of uh, varnish remedial technologies that we see. And uh, the key part is applying the right technology at the right time. Um, so the, the key difference between the three technologies, that chemical filtration will uh, allow you to remove these soluble products when they're both in solution and in suspension, whereas depth media uh, and uh, and the agglomeration or electrostatics are really removing these products when they are um, when they're suspended in the oil. And uh, so there's a difference on when you apply these te technologies. If a lot of times at operating temperatures, if the oil is uh, operating at 50, 60, 65 degrees C, all of these degradation products are all in solution. And uh, and so really in a, in a situation like that, it's it's more effective to put a chemical filter on on the system that can remove these degradation products while they're um, while they're soluble and and, and while they're uh, in solution in the turbine oils. So are there some oils or or ingredients in oils that tend to lead to varnish over others? And if so, what would be ingredients to avoid or formulations to avoid or ones to select? That's a very interesting question. So. Years ago, I think there was a general uh, feeling in, in users and in power plants in the industry that turbine oil is turbine oil, and there's not a big performance difference between the different types of uh, uh, formulations that we see in the field. I think there's an understanding now, and we're starting to see some some very big differences in turbine oil uh, formulations, and uh, and some turbine oils will perform much better than others. Um, and th there are there have been some um, additive components that have been identified that uh, um, that are not necessarily so good for varnish. Uh, for example, there's a, a type of amine um, antioxidant, um, a phenylalpha-naphthalamine, or also known as PANA, that uh, has been shown to cause to provide a very very high oxidative stability value to the product, but also conversely develop a lot of deposits as it degrades. So there's some oil chemistries that uh, that formulators will will try to minimize or avoid when, when formulating products. The most important aspect, though, is that um, even though there's a different range of performance of new turbine oils, all of the turbine oil will perform well if it's monitored and, and maintained correctly. So Choosing the the rec, the uh, the best oil is important, main, and uh, and avoiding you know certain additive components that uh, that lead to varnish are important. Um, but then actually, once you make the decision and the fluids on site, the real uh, critical aspect is is how you monitor and maintain the fluid. Okay. Now, when you're talking about the selection process, are there tests to determine the amount of varnish or degradation that might occur with a particular oil? And 
If there are, what tests would you run? When would you run them and why? Okay. <laughs> Big question. To maybe more concisely uh, answer this in a, in a short time frame, I'll say that um, uh, the key aspects of monitoring in-service turbine oils are looking at the antioxidant health of the fluid. And that can be uh, measured through uh, a couple different tests. Fourier transform infrared analysis uh, is a or FTIR is a good tool to look at phenolic antioxidants, for example. And linear sweep voltammetry is a, also a good tool to look at uh, the antioxidant health of the fluid. So antioxidant health is, is critical. The next important part is looking at the, um, the potential of the fluid to develop deposits and to, to uh, develop varnish. And uh, so there's uh, several different tests that can be looked at for, um, that can be applied for assessing this. Um, the most common one is the membrane patch colorimetry test. It's uh, ASTM D7843. Um, but there are other tests as well that are valuable. Ultra centrifuge is another test that uh, is there's not an ASTM method, but it's essentially a, a methodology that exerts a very, very high amount of G-force on the on the oil, and will um, it, it will separate the uh, the heavier components, uh, such as this sludge and varnish. So you can visually assess uh, the amount of deposits or the deposit tendency of the fluid, and gravimetric patch tests as well. Um, some labs actually see a value in running a, a combination of these different tests to provide even more insight into the varnish potential of the fluid. Then the third critical aspect to look at for, for monitoring oil degradation of in-service turbine oils is to look at uh, how the fluid will interact with contaminants. And uh, so this is actually a property that we see that could change over time. So some of the main contaminants that we're concerned with are air. So looking at air release values uh, is, is important and monitoring air release values and also foam tendencies. Um, if, the, if a lot of air does get in the fluid, does the chemistry of the fluid, is it still uh, stable enough to quickly allow the, the, um, uh, the foam bubbles to dissipate or is the surface tension of the fluid changed enough that uh, you may actually have a foaming problem now? And then the other key contaminant that we want to look at are um, our demulsibility. So uh, how will the fluid interact when water or steam gets mixed in, into the turbine oil? And uh, demulsibility retention is, is a, an important aspect. We want the turbine oil to continue through its service life to be able to very rapidly shed water if, if uh, water does get into the fluid. All right. So to finish out our discussion, what would you like to make sure that listeners take away from, from our discussion and, and, and use going forward? Well, I would say that um, understanding the mode of fluid degradation is, uh, is very interesting, um, but it's beyond academic. There is a very high value in, uh, in power plants and, and turbine oil users in really understanding how and why the fluid is failing. And we have seen some, uh, there's now an advancements in testing methodology that we can characterize and, and extract out of the oil historical data that, that has been stored up in the oil that allows us to understand why the fluid is failing and how it is failing and, and, and characterize the deposits that are being generated. Going through that process is a very powerful and valuable thing for a power plant. 
to enable them to, in some cases, eradicate that form of degradation, and in other cases, make much better decisions on how to go about solving uh, oil degradation. And ultimately, if you can solve oil degradation, or at least understand and, and, and monitor this, the end result is you are really truly maximizing the life of the turbine oil and minimizing any performance problems that will that will come up. Good ending to today's discussion. Thank you so much, Greg, and, uh, and we'll see you soon. Thanks so much, Kara. Greg, thank you so much for joining us today and for your insight. For more news, information, and research on power generation and turbines, please visit our website. Thanks for joining us today. This has been another episode of the STLE Compass, pointing you in the right direction. Mm-hmm.